to hear your voice glad to see you're well well not see you but hear you and and i've followed your adventures on instagram lots yes. of carousels but i'm happy for you i was in japan i posted nine thousand photos <laughs> of it and believe yeah. me there's bazillions more so if you don't think we're gonna get at least a couple like ah uh, flashback yeah. fridays when i was in japan <laughs> then you take me back don't know what's yeah. coming because yeah the food was great. You would love it. The food was so good. Oh, I believe um, it. Like, just every place. Like, the stuff that we went to, like, that we'd sought out based on, you know, reviews or whatever was incredible. But then also just, like, the normal stuff that you just pop yeah. in. Um, yeah. 7-Eleven is a very big thing there. Oh, that's right. And, like, vending machines and stuff are all over the place. It's your dream. <laughs> right. It. So you just like pop into these places to get a little snack and all of the stuff is good. And also it's just like all new. So yeah. you have like 700 kinds of like flavored water and right. soft drinks and stuff that you've never tried before to like work your way through, which is a good time. Um, Obviously all of the like shrines and museums and walking tours and stuff were all incredible um we went into the mountains we were in the city it was gorgeous and such a lovely trip it was it it takes forever to get to japan like (laughs) when i booked the trip i was like i think that like it's a long flight so i should stay for a couple of weeks but the like the trip is miserable and i as we were like as I was partway through the 15 hour journey over to Japan, I was like, you know, I can sort of see why people splurge for like first oh, class yes. or whatever during these flights. But then I was like, actually, I, I don't at the same time, because I think that sitting in no. one like chair slash recliner, whatever, is like, <laughs> it's going to be miserable no matter <laughs> no. how nice the chairs. I'm like, I'm glad you were I'm able like, to delude yourself in the I'm moment, like, yes, yes, I'm sure that it's mildly better, but, but like nobody on this flight is enjoying themselves. You know? I, I mean, it's a totally different ball game if you can recline to a lining, a laying down position and have a private like room and in first class, but, they give you like slippers, they give you better food. Yeah, but I like, uh, maybe this is just me, but like I get too antsy. Like I needed to get up and like do laps and you, yeah. you, you can't do that in first class either. So <laughs> it's like, I'm not a, I'm not like a lay on You're a couch a all day kind of person, you know, like, mm. like I can watch, I can watch like one or two episodes of something and then I got to get up and move around. <laughs> like that's why a movie yeah, is yeah. like a perfect length for me because it's like, that's as long as I want to be seated somewhere. Right. I can see that. I, I just vehemently disagree on how much better life would be in a first class situation but i see your point i see your issue um were you able to watch a lot on the plane though because i honestly love international flights because you just sit there and 
Even if you have to get up and move, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I watched, watch I watched three movies on the way there and three <laughs> movies on the way back. And then I also watched a bunch of episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and Riverdale, oh, which wow, I'm trying yeah. to catch up on. And then I also read like basically an entire book on both <laughs> trips as well. So I had Very so productive. much time. Yeah. Because both of the flights also that I took left at like noon. So I really mm. wasn't tired in the first yeah. half. And then by the time we got to the second half where I I maybe would have been tired i was like so miserable and desperate to get off the plane that i couldn't sleep anyways yeah do you wish you hadn't been upgraded to a direct flight well no because the direct flight on the way there was horrible but then also on the way back we uh it was a um, there was a layover in taiwan which i mm. realized is actually further away from the u.s <laughs> than japan so we ended up flying back over japan on the way to oh, no. To the U.S. So I think if I was to do it again, honestly, I would try to fly and have like some a layover in like Seattle or some place that's yeah. uh, or Alaska or something, you know, that's like halfway there. So you could have like an eight hour flight and a six hour flight or something rather right. than a 12 or 14 or whatever, because I just like needed to get up and move around. But and the rest of the trip was phenomenal. The good. The flight there was bad. And also the jet lag was bad, which I had never mm. really had jet lag before going to Europe and stuff. But Asia yeah. is like a completely different ball game. And I was like, whoa, baby, this is uh, yeah. like, it's not just tiredness. It's like your body sort of feels like it is in those like weird beginning stages of having the flu. But like you don't mm. because you're like, it's it's thinks that you're asleep, but you're up. So it's like, what's yeah. going on? And it's like, Yeah. It's yeah, a weird I've heard sensation. Going back is the is the worst. So I'm sorry. That is that's the you know the uh, that's the cross you have to bear with with world travel. So I know it's it's so hard. My life that? is so <laughs> difficult. And everybody, just please send me. I know what jet lag feels like because I too went on a soul shifting journey over the last weekend and it was a two hour time difference and it really threw off my, you know, um, system. So yes, because you went to the Taylor Swift concert. Thank the Lord, because (laughs) I sent you a text about it earlier and you were like, absolutely not. No spoilers. How dare you? Yeah, well, because... I don't want to know if they serve popcorn at the venue. It's a spoiler. Yeah. It's just like you have to have a firm boundary because everyone has different ideas on what doesn't count. So I just didn't even want to like I didn't even want to entertain a mere conversation about about the show in any way. So while I acknowledge that your your tea, so to speak, was very tepid, I just needed to assert myself in that moment. How, how, what, are we allowed to talk about the concert now? Yeah, I was going to bring it up as okay. one of my stories. Um, oh, yes. I, yeah, because we're, um, I mean, yeah. we're doing a pop culture roundup in the loosest yeah, yeah. version. Where <laughs> and it's this mostly is pop just culture. catching up on things. This is a big moment for pop culture. Um, but it did start technically um, two, weeks, two weeks ago. I didn't get to go to the opening night, but my friends and I had gotten tickets to the Las Vegas show. So that's why I was like, you know what? I can hold out a week. I can hold out a week and not see spoilers. If it had been any later, I don't think I would have. I think I would have just read about it and watched some clips and whatever. But since it was a week, I was like, yeah, I'll hold out. I'll do this. 
And so, well, and um, also you're seeing the show like 12 times, so it's like you might as well like sort of experience this one fresh, and then yeah, you know exactly. whatever. <laughs> you get it. You're like um, I'm behind the stage for one. I'm on the floor. I'm in stage left. I'm in her dressing room. I'm yeah, actually for one time just waiting like in the parking lot. Degree. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So anyone who's listening who's still holding out, like this is this is going to be spoilers. So. You can read the show notes and see where to skip to. But the show, great, wonderful, loved it. Um, I It was always going to be like a weird sort of – no one knew what to expect with the Eras tour. It wasn't a traditional like Midnight's tour, just focused on the album with a few throwbacks thrown in, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it wasn't clear like what she'd do, what she'd feature, what she'd focus on, what it would look like, what the vibe would be because she's gone from country to pop to like you know, folksy stuff to back to pop. And so I also was like, she has 200 songs. How is she going to, how is she going to be so unfocused and still get in a two hour set? Um, turns out she agreed and decided to make it over three hours long, (laughs) which worked for me, but I did imagine you there and I wondered how you would feel. But honestly, Matt, in some ways, I think you would have liked the concert because some of the songs she chose were some of your uh, favorites as as professed there are many episodes on her um well if she's if she's performing for four hours then yeah. <laughs> i would hope that at least some songs that i knew came up in the lineup yeah honestly i i i would love to take you i know it won't work out and that makes me sad but i think it'd be a fun experience for you and you'd be surprised because the other thing that's related to pop culture is sort of this experiential divide where a lot of Swifties are like on TikTok, on Twitter, talking about how they're excited to be there. They're enthusiastic to be there, but they're mad at the Oh, I've seen this. This is fascinating (laughs) to me. Yeah, because there's – there's, and it was sort of fascinating to me because I've always been – I love going to a concert. I love singing along. I love like standing up, dancing, but I'm also very aware that I'm not – I don't want to be the loudest person in the room because we're all there to we're paying money to see someone else perform it much better than me. Um, but there is this brand of like hyper Stan and this this crosses, you know, celebrity lines like it's true of Harry Styles concert goers. I'm sure Beyonce has true fans like this, but there's like this level of vocalness. <laughs> there's this level of decibel, I think, that um some fans can really lean into. And I I would love to just study it because I think part of it is this idea that that there's this relationship with Taylor that they're honoring, right? Like it's usually the hardcore OG fans who are like their 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 reasoning is like I spent money to be here so I can I can enjoy this however I see fit. But I saw this one TikTok where this girl was like Oh, shout out to the mom who told me that I was scaring her seven-year-old daughter. Like, I don't care. I paid to be here. And it's just a video of her shrieking along to like whatever song Taylor was singing. And that sort of experience can ruin it. Um, It wasn't for me. We were sort of in the back of a section. So we weren't really, we were probably the loud ones in our, in our area, but everyone was having a good time. We weren't being annoying. And I do remember, though, very clearly one time on the rep tour, there was this woman who was alone and she was behind us. And even during the opening act, she was just like shrieking, like 
to the song to the point where it's like drowning out everything else and you're like i i don't know it's distracting you know what i mean <laughs> yeah because it's like you are there to see like ev- granted everybody is there to you know have their own journey or whatever but it's like yeah. you're all there together to see the performance yeah so in some regards it's like a movie theater where it's like oh (laughs) if people are talking or you know have their phones out or whatever like that's distracting from the other people and you're all there to watch something together now obviously a concert is like a more raucous affair yeah so that so those same rules don't apply like they would if you went to see like an opera or something yeah but but yeah it's like we've all been to concerts in both directions where like you are a fan and you're with and you're like sitting around people who are like all sitting down and like on their phone and they're not really doing anything you're like okay like let's amp up the energy a bit here people but then also you've been to concerts where there's like some deranged like banshee screaming next to you or like weeping and you're like girl get it together like (laughs) like this is a concert this it's not like taylor swift just birthed a baby and gave it to you um but i saw but i saw this TikTok that I thought was really interesting that was saying that and I'm sure that there are exceptions to this but was saying that it sort of divides a little bit based on generational lines Mm, and they were saying that you know sort of the like um, boomer mentality if you will is or kind of like a Karen energy is this like well I paid for it so Mm -hmm. it's mine Mm -hmm. and that this mentality comes like has sort of circled back around to the Gen Zers where they're kind of like coming at it from different directions but they both have this mentality of like hey like if we're paying for this, then we should get what we paid for. Yeah. Um, where millennials tend to have more of a, like a little bit deferential yeah. and sort of, um, you know, like, like communal, we were kind of like... born more in a system. So it's like, yeah. we're all here together. Like everybody has to play nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, like do what we're supposed to like everybody share everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, gets what's good. Um, and so that at these Taylor Swift concerts, now those two energies are really butting up against <laughs> each other because you have yeah. lots of millennials and lots of Gen Z people who are buying tickets next to each other and have like very different ways to experience things. Yeah. And then also on top of that, you have the like age divide just in general <laughs> where you've got, you know, like 30, 40 year olds hey, up yeah. against like 16 year olds going to the same concert. Yeah. And so the maturity levels is just like different. And the energy level in general is different between those groups, um, yeah. which I think you don't often get at concerts or not as to such extreme because like Taylor Swift fans cross so many different <laughs> generations where it's like, if I go and see Charlie X or um, Carly Rae Jepsen, it's like she has lots of fans, but they're probably mostly like in my age yeah. demographic yeah. more. Like she doesn't have a ton of like 14 year old fans. So yeah, because yeah, I think it's like, I think it's like you, you come back to the way Taylor Swift has forged this relationship with her fans. And there is this sort of like, what's the term? Not like a, like, like it's almost like it's us and her against the world. And so the true fans feel this sort of ownership to the experience where they're like, I I understand her in ways no one else does. And so I know what she wants. And it's for me to be loud. It's for me to make sure she hears that she's not alone and that I get her, I see her, I understand her. And so there's like this hype up 
mentality where if someone's not enjoying the concert at the same level as you, they're suddenly like a fake fan or they're not like, they're like a local. Like it's not like they don't have the same stripes that you've earned. And so then there's like this sort of competing angst where a lot of people are like, there's a lot of mean girls at the concert and they're laughing at me. They're making fun of me. They're being rude. They're taking pictures of me. And I think that's pretty mean. That's messed up. Like just enjoy the concert or don't. But then there's this other side that's like, I'm taking up space because Taylor needs to see that I love her. And it's like, well, I think, yeah, like this is a communal space and we have to like honor this, this sense of etiquette to make sure it's a positive experience for as many people as possible. But in general, it was a very fun show. I think it's, um, like Taylor's not doing meet and greet rooms like she has in the past. And so I think the vibe is slowly shifting to something that's more like less look at me, pick me, like here's my craziest costume and more like vibes. Everyone's coming together. There's so many eras represented, so many different like, you know, referential costumes or looks or whatever it is. And everyone's just like having a good time. It's fun to see the different crowd reactions to her different eras because she basically goes through, like she'll do a chunk of songs from each era and it's kind of random throughout the show. But but it's like once she starts the 1989 set, then she does like five songs from 1989 and then she moves into folklore and then she does Midnight's or whatever. And so it's like fun to see how different people react to the different like um, eras she brings. And (laughs) I have to say that reputation got the loudest like vibe because that the loudest reaction, because I think that's just like the hardest vibe. And like, honestly, I just, I pat myself on the back for knowing that like what you made me do was a bop when it first came out, because it's like crazy how wild the crowd went when that started And maybe part of it is like it's camp at this point, but it was just so much fun to see her top hits and like every single song she played was a bop. And I was a little disappointed that she didn't play some of her like deep cuts or like, you know, less popular songs. But it was also crazy that she's like, you know, 16 years into this career or whatever. All of her song, all of her albums have like four different top songs that 60,000 people can sing along to every night. And it's just like a fun, it's a fun experience. And I don't know many artists who could do it at the same level because she she churned out so many hits like right on top of each other and never really had a dull, you know, like never had like a middling album or something that people kind of like and they go to the bathroom or whatever for. <laughs> so it's a high octane show and she keeps you going. Oh, yeah. So I have a bunch of questions about okay. this. Um, so... So, I mean, I guess also, do you think that some of the fans are being, like, so loud because they do think that there's some, you know, like, oh, if, like, they'll get picked out for something or whatever? Do you think maybe as the shows go on and that it's not happening (laughs) that they might, like, calm themselves a bit? Maybe, except for you still have these content machines. Like, everyone's doing their TikToks. Everyone's doing their instagrams like it's all a story and it's just like content feeding so many yeah ways. i guess that's true and that's like true like like harry styles content has gotten like annoying because it's like someone throwing something or yelling about some sort of weird <laughs> i got in a car wreck before this like notice <laughs> me you know yes <laughs> um so like the show is long yes is she going to be able to like 
it could like continue this for the months <laughs> that she has to do because that feels like an insane amount of time that she has to be singing or is I she know. like doing lip syncing like i think is she singing the whole time i mean she's definitely singing the whole time but i think there's backup like i think there's a backup track or whatever you'd call it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't want to like stir the pot but i think what it is is there's some sort of like backup and then she comes in with the like the power notes you know what i mean yeah like, and you can tell in songs like don't blame me where there is her background vocals but then she does the riffs or whatever that that are in the original recording but obviously she can't sing two parts at once and so i think it's partly that that it's not like she's adele who's sitting there singing ballad after ballad after ballad like there's a lot of layers to her songs especially the pop tracks so it's maybe easier to take breaths in between or you know like let the backup vocalist handle it while she prepares her high note or whatever well she's also not necessarily doing tons of intense choreography either yeah so So the other thing is it's not like she's pink and she's not doing her little you know flying through the air (laughs) (laughs) um and she does do a good job of like so she starts off hot with Lover. She does like a bunch of fearless, punchy songs. And then she slows down and does folklore and then goes back up to pop, then slows down with like the all too well 10 minute version, some like acoustic set. And then she plays the goes full ass 10 minute version. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's oh, very gosh. powerful. <laughs> Dear Lord. I mean, that's the song that we we bullied her into giving us. So it's like she knows she owes it. She she owes it to us. I guess that's true. but anyways she paces herself so i think that instead of going from instead of going linear and chronological she kind of mixes it up probably to give herself some breaks from the choreo but also to like i don't know mellow it out a little for the concert well then i also heard that a couple of the albums she only plays like one song so how does that work with this like oh she's like going along like five of this like six of that and then it's like (laughs) one of this one exactly she completely ignores debut which is pretty rude imhl um if she had consulted me i would have said she has some hits on there i mean one she became famous for like teardrops on my guitar or Tim so does she not play any of things from that or is that just sort of lumped into some other set no she doesn't play anything off of debut except for on like she does two acoustic surprise songs that have switched every night okay and so she did one she did like our song the first night but since then she's done like random she's done like speak now songs or um midnight's tracks so it's sort of like that is the surprise is that she completely ignored debut and then and then she does a bunch from fearless which obviously is her big first album of the win album of the year winner and then speak now her self-written third album she only plays one song and i was like hold up there are some good songs on here like this is dear john this is long live this is um mine ours like there's some fun songs on there that everyone would know so i'm curious why she avoided it it didn't ruin the experience for me but i think having them would have heightened the experience you know what i mean like i feel like it was kind of like it was a question mark for me walking out of there i mean i guess at some point like you have to cut something um i know but she she played like she, I would have cut other things, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um, and then and then she doesn't play me. Yes. 
that she listened which to is, the people. Yes, which is sort of shocking, given how big that was and how much time she has in this show, but that she cut I that. Think, I think she's embarrassed by the reaction to it and probably salty about it and didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, which is for the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, overall, I guess, like, what were there specific, like, moments or things that she did that were really cool that you were like, wow, this is, this is it? Or... Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is it was like almost every era had like its own set piece in a way. And so like there were some cool switcheroos where like suddenly there's this forest on stage or she does a lot of cool like graphics on like the whole floor of the the stage or whatever. Um, it definitely felt less like I don't, I've been trying to figure out like how to compare it because in some ways it felt less production-y than like reputation, but like I can't explain why because there's huge production elements, but maybe because the stage is so huge. So it's a lot of her pacing back and forth from the, from the run down the runway. You know what I mean? And so while she does like choreo, it's less maybe centered than some of the reputation sets. And, um, so yeah, like the big moments for me were more like, I don't even know. It was hard to process everything. It's just like an onslaught of information. But I think what stood out to me was like she has this really cute like folklore set where she's on like the sort of ivy covered roof of like a house that comes out of the ground. Anyways, so there's like moments. And then the thing people talk about on TikTok a lot is she dives into the stage at one point. Oh, yeah. It's like a visual graphic that makes it look like she's swimming upstage. Um, Honestly, I would love to see the behind the scenes of that dive because I just <laughs> it's a very aggressive dive. Like good for her, but I, I mean, you know that we'll see it at some point. But <laughs> I hope so. If you don't think that video yeah. is getting out on some sort of whatever. She also she also Cuz she's definitely going to make some sort of concert video. I hope, yeah. I was thinking that. I mean, if only so I could understand why she hates speak now, but and then the other thing is um, she does a little bit of sexy moves than she's done in the past. So there's a lot of like touching herself, a lot of spread yeah, out the, legs. I'll be the judge like, of, of her and... moves when we see those. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The woman, the, the rhythm has never been her gift. <laughs> but no, it was. And she seemed, she's, you know, this is my, I saw her 199. I saw Red 199 reputation and now this and she seems the most relaxed in this like I think she's finally feeling secure in her life choices (laughs) like a lot of like there's a lot of pageantry in her shows obviously but this she felt a lot more relaxed she was kind of like ad-libbing some things and even her like facial expressions felt less rehearsed than something like reputation where she was putting on this like very specific persona like she just seems to be really enjoying the vibes of some of 70,000 people showing up each night to just hear her sing her favorite songs over her Mm -hmm. long career. So that was fun to see. And she looks great. The costumes are very sparkly, very shiny. And yeah, I saw a whole TikTok about all of the costumes and the designers and everything. Yeah. So it was fun. I'm excited to see her again when she's in Houston next month. Okay, because how how many times are you seeing her? Four? Four, which honestly, as the three hours passed, I was like, damn, this is a lot of babysitter time. (laughs) I mean, yes. 
Because so, also you'll you'll want to get there early. I've also seen all of these TikToks that are like, you got to wear comfortable shoes. Everybody bring a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's real it's that are like, and the videos of like these girls like walking around and bare feet oh on the gosh, floor yeah. I'm like this is div- revolting like, yeah we brought like little disposable slippers that you could roll up into your bag which hopefully people realize is an option because we left the stadium and there was this mom and her like teenage daughter who was just like limping in these glitter cowboy boots like she had tissues stuffed in them so we knew she was like bleeding or something and she could barely walk and and one of us one of my friends went up and like oh it was ashley ashley gave her her slippers and was like you need these more than me yeah (laughs) and she was like crying she's like thank you i felt so bad oh my gosh get it together (laughs) i need to figure out what i'm wearing to the beyonce concert this summer that i paid seven billion dollars to go oh yeah yeah and you're on the floor right so you have to show up yes but i'm not like i i feel like my costume but well yeah it's like my style i feel like is not necessarily like i mean i absolutely adore beyonce and love her music but my style is not necessarily Beyonce's <laughs> style. And also I feel like there's going to be people turning all kinds of like look looks. Oh, and, yeah. and my energy is like, you know, a sweater and <laughs> shorts or whatnot. So yeah. I'm going to have to come up with something that like sort of overlaps, but I don't know what it's going to be. Cause maybe you can borrow Ashley's like black glitter unitard she wore. Yeah, that's true. Wait. And then what was your costume? Cause I was trying to figure out what it was a reference oh, to. It's, um, it's the outfit she wore when she announced the Midnight's album. Oh, okay. No wonder I didn't know it. I was like, I was like, is this? I was like, I trust that Shelby's not dressing as the weird no, gay I, music video. No, but I was, I and I was like, it. this isn't exactly right. But I was like, maybe she like couldn't find the right stuff. So that's what I did a perfect, a perfect costume. It looks exactly like it. I'll send you the photo so you can respect my. Yeah, I'd like a side by side. Honestly, get yeah. on that. Yeah, I should have included that in my, I should have included a blurry photo in my carousel. I keep forgetting that's the trend is like have a meme in there. Yeah, you got to have a meme. Got to have a meme. Always. Yeah. Um, I mean. (laughs) That's my update. Uh, Yeah, I was like, uh, how much time do we have left? We could talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's ski trial, which is. Yes interesting the my the best part is her lawyer who's like clearly like wants to be besties with gwyneth and just like that, keeps going. isn't that the guy's lawyer is like that isn't that, that the is? opposing counsel i thought it was her lawyer because they're very chummy i know but i thought i'm pretty sure it's the guys because i saw her lawyer and it was this gruff dude who was like stop pointing cameras at my client Right, but I thought maybe she had more than one. But the way she's asking questions, it's like like the whole Taylor Swift thing. It's like she's trying to get her I so I don't was know, like, because I oppose. she's so like I know, that's so, what's like, weird. And I about bet it. you looked really good, didn't you? Like that <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. I think she's trying to be chummy and then get her to like slip up and admit something because she was questioning her about the Taylor Swift some symbolic yes, dollar. Yes, the dollar. Yes. And she's like, are you friends with Taylor Swift? And then someone says, um, objection. And then the and then the judge says overruled. See, that's crazy. See, I had just assumed that that was somehow or another. Like, the other, like, guy was like, oh, we don't want the jury to know you're friends with Taylor Swift or something. Yeah. 
I'm pretty I'm like I haven't paid close attention because again I was out of town but I feel like that's the I've, I've read the whole like I've been reading all of the stuff about like the actual like trial but I guess I didn't realize like or about like the case but yeah. I didn't realize whose lawyer was who anywho it's very check. fascinating it's a it's a just like boatloads of memes and yes. Gwyneth Paltrow like walking in with her green juice and her outfits is incredible um and then also unfortunately there's the situation with Jonathan oh, Majors that is ongoing. Um, I literally had a dream about it. Like, that's how upset I am. I had a dream and it was like a movie. Like, it in my mind, I was like, this is a movie about this story after the fact. And um, oh, who was it? I was dreaming that like Claire Danes or someone was pa- playing the reporter who broke this story <laughs> and she went and like had a, me- no, it was Anne Hathaway. It was Anne Hathaway. And I woke up and I was like, I have to tell Matt about this because Anne Hathaway plays the reporter who breaks the story, but she starts to have feelings for Jonathan Majors and it's like, he couldn't have done this. And it's like, it starts to be like this whole saga of like, did he or didn't he? And that was in my mind last night. Like it was so upsetting to me that I'm just like, We're still, like- turning over. We're still in the middle of it right now because I've been, like, reading, like, all of the articles, obviously, but then Twitter, and it's, like, stuff keeps coming up, and I can fully see it, like, going in either direction still at this point because – so he was – I'm trying to think of how exactly this starts. So he he was was arrested arrested for, um, like, domestic violence against a woman – who was in a who he was in a taxi cab with yeah and and at first and i i think even still it's like slightly unclear if it's like a girlfriend or just a friend or like I what exactly supposedly his girlfriend the full relationship was yeah. um because also i guess he has a nine-year-old kid but but we don't know who the mother of the kid is i mm. um but anyways, so he got arrested and everyone was like, wow, like, he's an abuser. Like, this is so sad. We all liked Jonathan Majors. Now he's, like, uh, beating this woman and is now arrested. But then his team came out with a statement that said, like, that's absolutely not what happened at all. That this uh, woman was having some sort of, like, break, like, psychiatric break, and that he was the one who called the police in the first place, and they came. But based on some sort of, like, um, way that police reporting is, like, they had to arrest him, but that, like, he's going to be, uh, or, like, he's released already, but, like, that they're going to drop the charges because this is all sort of, like, a weird... um, like formality that just got latched on by this by TMZ when they were reporting this based on these like arrest logs. And this is actually like not a big deal. He was helping this woman who he was with. But Mm. then in the meantime, all of these people or, or several people, I guess have come out on Twitter and been like, Oh, we've known that he's been like this horrible, abusive, psychologically abusive figure since the days when he went to Yale. And, Um, like the New York theater community has always known this and it's sort of been hushed hush for the last like couple of years, but yeah. it's been so disheartening to see Jonathan Majors 
becoming famous when we know he's so bad and he's pretending to be this nice guy, but actually he's this horrible person. But then some of those tweets have then since been deleted. So yeah. there's like all of this uh, stuff going around and I have not been able to figure out like what exactly the situation is. Or, or I yeah. don't feel like I have a good sense on whether this is some sort of miscommunication and Jonathan Majors is the nice person that we always thought he was, or if he is some sort of like secret bad guy and we're just now realizing that, or if it's some kind of mixture of the two, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a perfect example of like multiple things can be true at once where it's like, you know, you want to believe victims and you want to hear them out and, you know, understand that there's a power dynamic there that can be difficult to, um, speak out against and people can be convinced to step back on those charges because of whatever reasons, whether that's like shame or fear. And then you also have the fact that it's a white woman who's accusing a black man and the, the layers of, of power there. And then the fact that we're so quick to pile on to a black man when, you know, Brad Pitt is accused of hitting his own wife and child and doesn't get the same sort of flash pushback immediately. And, you know, there's like a lot of tangled webs around this story and it's and it's hard to say like we need to get more information because that feels wrong in a lot of ways because that's not the energy you want when someone speaks out against abuse but i think it's hard it's difficult when she hasn't necessarily spoken out this is a police report that's been traded around by gossip sites and you want to know like what actually happened whether that's from her words or the POV of this supposed video that proves he didn't hit her or whatever. But it is, it, it's hard because like you and I have talked about this. I'm sure we'll talk about when we go over Creed three. I really love Jonathan Majors as an actor. I find him like, he's such a compelling actor to me. And I've always thought he seems so charming and fun in videos and promos and whatever. And so it is like really upsetting to have this sort of like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's serious. And so I want to take it seriously. And it's also really sad that there's so many angles on this that feel um, especially heavy, like because at the center of this is a black man who's just getting to this peak of fame that so few black men get to. And I think, I don't know, it'll just be like interesting to see how it plays out. And obviously, I don't mean that to seem like I'm diminishing what he did or whatnot, but more that I think we're quick to race to, um, I don't know, maybe conclusions or ideas. And I wonder how much of that is rooted in a lot of our own subconscious biases around, around black men and violence and how we don't hold white men to the same standard and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it's a sad story and hopefully we get some more, information if only to have a better sense of of kind of what happened and wh what went wrong because if it is true that he has this pattern of abuse and one of the tweets i saw was like i know directors and actors on their most recent roles who've said this and it's like well why are these people being protected then like why is he continuing to get roles if he is if there is this noted pattern of abuse like that's not good either and so kind of those systems in place and all of that just make it kind of messy yeah, I also saw a tweet that was like, Hollywood is a horrible place. And basically anybody who succeeds there, like, <laughs> yeah. only succeeds because they're also kind of horrible people. Like, the good people Ugh. don't last very long. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, also a lot of these 
tweets are from people who it's like I've never heard of this person. Yeah. Like so, it's hard to it's hard to gauge on Twitter who is, like actually has any connection to anything and who's just like you know throwing things in the yeah. wind. And then also at the same time, yeah, like all of the information that we have on this case for the most part is coming through these like police reports and gossip magazines and murky sources. Aside from the one statement that Jonathan Majors released. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with yeah. this uh, as we get more information going forward. I know. And but, actually, that wasn't the only news I heard about him this week because it also dropped that he was in a U.S. Army like promo commercial. Yes. And that gave me the major ick. And <laughs> then like, that got pulled. Yeah. I know. And so that was like a day before. And then that happened. And then they pulled that, which is absolutely ironic given the U.S. Army's failures to protect um, women in there. Anyways, it doesn't, well, it's not relevant. <laughs> then I also saw, though, that, that like, so I guess Jonathan Majors went to Yale, and yeah. there's, like, a whole bunch of that, like, class of sort of, um like, uh, male black actors who have become famous in recent years who basically all have come through the same, like, Yale drama program. Mm. And then, like, Yaya Abdul-Mateen and um, oh, yeah, I think I Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. And I was like, like, what? Like, Damn. what is... Like who knew the Yale? I mean, obviously Yale's people know money, Yale, but I'm like, but I'm like, this is an interesting path because I didn't necessarily like peg all of those people as like Yale graduates, but I guess they are. Um, yeah. And then there's all the stuff that was going on with um, uh, childish Gambino. What's his uh, Donald Glover? Oh, and did you did you see? Were you following this at all? Mm-mm. So I guess that this has been something that's been rumbling for quite some time, too, of, like, that Donald Glover hates black women. Oh, yeah. And so he has this new show coming out called Swarm that's about um, kind of like a Beyonce, like, super fan type of situation. Um, I mean, it's not actually Beyonce in the show, but, like, that's sort of what it's based on, like, the beehive. That's why it's called Swarm. And... Dominique Fishback plays I think the lead in the show I haven't seen it but that they somebody did an interview with her where she was supposedly asking or where she said that she had asked um Childish Gambino Donald Glover for like like got the character got the script and was sort of like hey like I need some like background on this like what's my motivation like who is this person there's not really very much in the script and Donald Glover was like that's because this person is like a wild animal like they don't need any backstory you don't need to think about them as a person just think about them as an animal um (laughs) and then everyone was like well this is not a great portrayal of black women to just say they're sort of like you know, these feral beasts and that that's who we're presenting is the like central figure in this uh, TV series that we're putting out. Um, So then he was also getting some flag on social media. I saw as well. (laughs) I saw people uh, were mad at um, Chloe of Chloe X Halley. For for what? She's in the, she's in at least the premiere having sex in the first five minutes with someone. But what's weird is that she's not even like, it's just her ass in the shot. But people were like shaming her because it's like your sister's in a Disney movie and this is how you're going to present yourself. 
And it's like, well, first of all, she's not actually having sex. Like, this is a movie. And, like, we can't be so Puritan. Like, hello. She's well, her also, own person. Isn't she the one who is, who's in the – who has the music video where she's, like, in the pool or whatever in front of her house? Oh, I don't know. Or like, <laughs> like, like, it's not like this is a new development. I feel yeah, like that they're very, like, sexual people. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yikes. Um but yeah, I. But it, is that the one who's in the Chris Brown music yeah. video? <laughs> so it's really dark days out here yeah. for everybody. My gosh. I know. Um, we're basically going to have another pop culture roundup this Thursday, though, as we talk about all the movies we've seen since you've been gone. Yes. Yeah. We're just like <laughs> catching up on everything. Um, I guess. Do you want to um, do a love it or hate it? Do you have a non-movie related? item i was going to talk about a tv show but maybe we can do that on thursday okay or it can be really fast or whatever you prefer i don't know this episode is long so let's just save it for (laughs) thursday i'll talk about the succession premiere on thursday as well i'll tease that um uh yeah well perfect we we really we got through the nitty-gritty of the first of four taylor swift concert appearances (laughs) you know All of the horrible people in Hollywood and their various misdeeds. Um, We're back, baby. And one lawyer who we are unsure who she's <laughs> representing in the Gwyneth Paltrow trial. Uh, gosh, we'll have to look that up. Um, okay, well, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about a whole bunch of movies, including Creed and the new Scream and the new John Wick and Shelby's beloved 65. Um <laughs> And yeah, we'll be back to see you guys then. Uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to Shelby's random episodes while I was gone. Um, see you guys on Thursday. Bye. <laughs>